hire the young ones in your household. Have them work in the family business. They're like, what can my seven-year-old do? So many things. First and foremost, great way to teach them the alphabet is to have them do some filing. Now, you're going to have to sit over their shoulder and watch them for a little bit. But they start to learn the alphabet and they're filing. Next thing you know, you can have them start separating receipts. Mm-hmm. Hey, young kids, they know social media. They know social media ins and outs. They know how to work within the confines in the realm of Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and all the other ones that are out there. Take advantage of that. Welcome to The Real Buzz, Taking the Sting Out of Taxes. Brought to you by Busy Bee Advisors. I'm Melissa. I'm Eric. He's my husband. She is my wife. Together, we're your hosts for this informative and fun podcast where we share forward-thinking strategies to help you get organized, plan ahead, and ultimately pay less in taxes. We are going to be discussing something that everybody loves, everybody needs, everybody has. Family. And business. Two distinctive but yet topics that go with each other in regards to how it can benefit you for taxes. But first, I just want to do a quick shout out. If you feel like you have an interesting tax situation and you'd like to join us on the podcast as a guest... Anonymously, of course, we have no desire to air your dirty laundry, but we will make sure to disguise your voice and mask your face. I don't know that we'll disguise their voice, but they can't see them. (laughs) (laughs) Visit our website, busybeeadvisors.com and fill out the pop up form and maybe you'll get a chance to join us. Yeah, at the very least, you'll get to hang out and hear my fantastic stories when we're off mic. I think they're awesome. They are. So business, kids. Family. Family. Business and family. Sometimes people say that business and family go together. Sometimes they say business and family do not go together. Whatever your viewpoint on it is. When it comes to taxes, interacting with family. Wait, sidebar. Is a benefit. So we were discussing the topic for this episode before coming here. And our younger son heard it. And he is at the age where he, he's 15. He comes back with quips. And so his quip was, well, you may not have a business, but you definitely have a family. Right. So. (laughs) Well, because some people that are going to be listening to this don't necessarily have a business yet. They haven't started a business. They're listening because they want to figure out in regards to having a business, what about taxes? People start businesses for a variety of reasons, right? Because they got a talent for something, they got a passion for something, whatever. It doesn't matter. What they all come to the realization is, though, that they all hate the administrative side of the business. Right. Why? Because it's not what you like doing. Right. Right. And, and, and if you're a woodworker, you don't like scrolling through pages of receipts and entering things into your accountant software and and filling out forms for whoever, you know, whatever state agency is requiring this and that. There's so much that goes into owning a business that missteps happen all the time. And some of those missteps don't have a price tag and some of them do. 
just is what it is. But in regards to having family in the business, let's talk about kids. Having your kids on the family payroll, what does that mean? You know, how, how I have some clients that say, well, how young? I said, well, I don't know, Gerber baby. I mean, because legitimately a Gerber baby gets paid to have their picture taken. Right. And their likeness used in advertising. You can have kids that are employed by the family business and that can generate a W-2. Not only do you get to write off the wages for your child, but then you also get to send those very same wages to a Roth IRA. You get to send them into a college saving account. You get to put it into their I'm 16 car fund, whatever you want to do with it. But it provides a an immediate benefit to your business in regards to taxes. So as far as college savings plans, I just want to do a little bit of clarification. We are not necessarily fans of the fund that would be limited. And of course, I'm drawing a blank on what it's called, but a fund that would be limited to be able to only be used for college. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of that either because it's money that's being put away and earmarked for a very specific purpose. What if your child has no desire to go to college? Right. What if they, in fact, want to go to a trade school? Maybe they want to follow in your footsteps. You know, you're a successful business owner who has been running their own electrical construction company for the past 25 years, and your son or daughter wants to follow in your footsteps. Maybe not as a tradesman, but as a business owner. Absolutely. So don't limit yourself by putting the money into something. This is, of course, my opinion, but by putting it into something where you're forced to either use the money for a specific purpose that may not be a fit for your kiddo. And if you can't use it for that, then there's a penalty that's paid. Right. Every parent wants their child to go on and be the next thing that's better than themselves. Right. Right. So college just seems to be the optimum route. Whereas in we have clients that we work with on a regular basis where some of these business owners left high school in like ninth grade. Yep. And are incredibly successful. Incredibly successful. Success is, success is measured by a variety of things. And if you're measuring success by how much you know money your business generates, how many houses you own, how many cars you have, how many, you know, boats you got collected, or whatever, right? It doesn't matter what your barometer is for success. These individuals have, have, in many instances, have met them, and they did not go to college. Now, I'm not saying don't go to college. What I am saying is that don't limit your investments for your children into a specific area unless you are just absolutely of the mindset that that kid is going to college, right? Because kids will surprise you. <laughs> kids will surprise <laughs> you. That is true. So I think to kind of end on a contact a financial advisor and ask mm -hmm. them questions about what funds 
might be a good fit for you to set up and what the limitations are on the different funds. Now, one of the benefits of hiring your child, if you're a sole proprietor and you hire your child for the business, make sure that you do a couple of different things. The first thing is, is you want to make sure that you write up a job description that you kind of revise and develop as the child gets older. Yes, child models make on average about 19 to $125 an hour. So that's a big range. And if you're using your young ones as employees and that's their job is to be a part of your media package, then make sure you write that up for them. And you can generate them a W-2. And there's a threshold that you can go up to before the child has to report the income, has to file their own taxes. Talks to your tax professional. This does change from year to year. But there is an amount there, and it's significant. In general, it's over $10,000, right? So if we're just going to use a number that's a safe number, I'm going to say $10,000. So you have three kids and their ages, one, three, and five. It's a win-win because $10,000 over, let's say, the course of 10 years, it reduces your, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it reduces your tax liability. Correct. And you're putting away over 10 years, that could be $100,000. $100,000 with compound interest. Don't right. forget that. Right. I mean, that's the big winner takeaway right there. You start doing it when the child is one, you're looking at 17 years worth of money being set aside and compound interest being applied to it. Now, the key is that it has to be done correctly. Correct. All of these things that you hear from us on this podcast, there are policies, procedures, rules, tax codes, things that you have to follow to be successful with this. That's why people pay individuals like me and Melissa and others in the tax professional and a bookkeeping world to do these things for them because, A, we're experienced in how to develop the process so that you're successful. And it somewhat becomes audit resistant. There's no such thing as audit proof, but there is audit resistant. And you'll want to consult with that. You'll want to do your own research um, above and beyond just typing it in on a search engine. You want to actually read into what the IRS says, what your state agency says. And one of the things that we are always willing to do for our clients or people who we have a consultation with, if we discuss potential, we'll call it tax strategy or tax saving strategy with you, we'll send you the IRS tax code that Yep, that applies you, to it. Yep. You know, that that it's legitimate. We're certainly not going to put our family's livelihood at risk by trying to right. save you money. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not putting my freedom at risk just to save you a couple of grand. No, thank you. When you have a child that's on your payroll, you get to generate a W-2. Now, that W-2 still needs to be sent in to the federal and state agencies, but there's not going to be a tax liability associated with it. In tax year 2023... If it's under $13,850, then the individual does not have to file taxes. Why? Because that is below the single standard deduction. Okay. So it doesn't meet the threshold. Doesn't meet the threshold. But there's also then if the child doesn't make over, I think it's like uh, $1,100 in investment income, 
So that's passive income sources. Okay. Maybe there's a trust that generates an income that goes to the child or whatever. It's, it's not a common occurrence, but it, it has happened enough, and it was such a looming tax it's a rule. It's an interesting yeah. rule because on one side, you have this rule that says if it's under 13.8, that they don't have to pay taxes on that income. But if it's passive income, if it's over $1,100, that can get a little bit confusing. Right, because- and you say it's not that common. I-, I think it's pretty common. We've got, I don't know, a handful of clients that that's a situation that their kids have. Right. Well, it used to be. In times past, I've heard stories of very wealthy individuals hiding passive income sure. generators in their child's name. Sure, the one-time gifts and things it, like yeah, that. And that was that was a means of kind of evading a tax liability on that passive income. Yep. The IRS has closed that off. They closed that off you know, quite some time ago. Right. So you get to generate a W-2. There's a variety of things that come along with processing and generating a W-2. First and foremost you have a W-2. Being a W-2 employee of a company, whether it's a sole proprietor or a corporation, there are benefits that come along with that. Um, The one thing that comes to mind and specifically talking about kids is that they then can have a Roth IRA. And that's awesome. I am a huge fan of taking post-tax dollars and in your child's name, investing it into a Roth IRA and just letting it sit there. I mean, if the child is one, that's 17 years worth of development and compound interest. If your child is 10, that's seven years. If your child is 14, that's three years, right? You still can put away some money for them while still using your child to reduce your tax liability from your, through your business. So I don't think the concept of hiring your children is new. I think most people who are listening are going to kind of, you know, yeah, I've heard that before. But what about the flip side? What about hiring your parents? That's actually a really good point. I want to have everybody know that there is a difference between hiring children as a sole proprietor of your business. That means you're filing on a Schedule C or you have a corporation and having your kids on payroll in the corporation. Those are two completely different creatures. And what what I was talking about before was specifically towards sole proprietors. Um, There are different routes and rules for corporations. As to hiring your parents, parents retired, they're on social security, they don't have a pension, they can actually earn up to X amount of dollars before they have a tax liability. I don't wanna get in too far into the weeds on it. Don't get into the specifics. they can actually generate money from you by being a part of your business, helping you with your business, and you can pay them X amount of dollars, and it doesn't interfere with their Social Security. Right. So they're helping you generate a business deduction of someone, hopefully, that you can very much trust being in your business world. Yep. And then they also can generate additional income that they can do a variety of things for and not necessarily be on that Social Security fixed income amount. Right. Because not everybody has had the forethought or the planning or the luck to have a lot of investments in a portfolio or to have a pension or to have a very well-endowed 401k from decades of investment into it. Not everyone has that. So I had a call that I was screening for you. 
And the question was, and this was what kind of planted the idea in my mind, I know I can hire my kids. Can I hire my parents? <laughs> sure. I think you would really want to talk to Eric. I don't give tax advice. Da, 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 da. Well, what if it's somebody who's an older adult that's not related to me? And I just thought, well, that's employing that's just a senior someone. citizen. <laughs> that's just hiring someone. <laughs> um, this is it's specific about hiring people that are are members of the family. There are greater benefits if they're seventeen and under. Right. Greater benefits for you as a business right. owner. But there's still benefits of hiring your parents. If there is, there's yeah. also benefits to hiring your college-bound student. Yes. Right. So you've got someone who can do things for you, maybe remotely, an admin, remote admin. Um, maybe they could help update and manage your social media platforms. Right. Right. That's a that's a fantastic way for someone who's college bound and doesn't necessarily have the opportunity or the the bandwidth to get a part time job delivering pizza or bagging groceries or working at one fast food restaurant or place or another. That's a great place. That's a great means of providing money to your college-bound student is by hiring them to do remote processes for you. Well, and on a higher level, it's also a way to get them... I mean, because they're going to take money from you anyway. They so. are going to take money from you anyway. <laughs> Dad, uh, you know, I, I'm down to... Like twenty boxes of top ramen, and I got no money for like a week. <laughs> okay, Jeez but it helps them to have an understanding of the. I mean, in mm-hmm. our case, the business that their parents own. So that's true. So takeaway: you can hire family, family that are under the age of seventeen. There are certain rules. Family that are over eighteen and over, there are other rules. Of course. And then family that's over sixty-five another set of rules. But a random senior <laughs> is still a random senior. A random senior that is not that is not uh, uh, <laughs> and the IRS is, is specific on hiring family and they list it on there but it, you know in regards to hiring your parents it's not the fact that you're hiring your parents you're just hiring an employee as far as the IRS is concerned. They don't differentiate whether it's mom or auntie or uncle or anything like that. What they do differentiate is if it's a child that is under the age of 17 that is of a relation to you. That has a spe- those have very specific rules that go along with it. Once again, fall back on, you know, if you don't understand it and you don't know it, try to do your own research above and beyond a search engine use talk to a professional, you know, listen to some podcasts, you know, catch a couple of YouTube videos, whatever. And you will be able to find out a lot of great information on owning a business and having your family be a part of it. Okay. What else do we got on that? Uh, Let's see. I did talk about some of the differences in regards to earlier. It was just sole proprietors, corporation. If you have a corporation such as an S-Corp, yes, you can hire your children. They will be uh, W-2 employees. They will be on payroll, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Do they have to file taxes? No, as long as they are under an X threshold. And that threshold changes from year to year. So, you know, find out that information and respond accordingly. So our goal... And you said this the other day, but our goal isn't to, you know, work with a client and find the hundred thousand dollar one shot tax strategy. 
because I don't think it exists. And let's just say it doesn't exist. But our tactic is to find those smaller loopholes within the tax code that apply to your own unique tax situation and to help you implement those. Yes. You need to take the opportunity to look at what is a benefit to you and understand that small incremental increases or changes will have a floodgate response at the end. A positive floodgate response at the end. So you take one $1,000 transaction tax benefit and then you take, you know, another seven of them that are just around the same amount. You just went from having a base filing that had an extra $8,000 on it and you've now removed it. And now you have $8,000 less in tax liability. That adds up. If you consistently apply the tax code and the tax benefits and strategies um, year in, year out, you will generate these savings for a lifetime. Because these things, they don't necessarily, they may change them up and they may discontinue it for X amount of time. But overall, many of these strategies are there and have been there for decades. And they get used for one reason or another. Now, common practice under laws is that they have an expiration date so that it has to be renewed by Congress, et cetera, et cetera. That's fine. So learn what you need to do and then know that it's going to apply for like four or five years. Okay. It's a continuing process. You can't just learn something and then call yourself an expert or call yourself a proficient user and then never educate yourself anymore about it. Your level of knowledge is going to fall off as time goes on. So you have to have continuing education. You have to have a continuing invest in yourself so that you can have a better grasp and save more money for your household and for your business. And I feel pretty comfortable in saying that if your business is generating a profit, a a taxable profit, that there are strategies out there that can be implemented to save you upwards of tens of thousands of dollars, if not more. Yeah, I mean, and, and... These strategies, while some of them may seem far-fetched, they fall within the rules. Right. So why not use the rules to your advantage? Use the rules to your advantage. These are the same rules that are being used by your local politicians, your state-level politicians, to your federal government-level politicians. These are the same strategies that are being used by the guy that owns the taco truck down the street to the restauranteur that's got a chain of 30 right, to large corporations that are across the U.S. These processes are used over and over and over again to the benefit of others. Why not take advantage of them for yourself? Absolutely. Why should you, just because you didn't know about it and you've had this business for 10 years and you've been paying an extra $25,000 minimum in tax liability every year because you didn't implement any of these things? That's crazy. Right. Talk to a tax professional that is experienced in this realm, that is willing to work with you on developing and using strategies, and you may be able to amend some of your returns and recover money. You're seeing ads all the time on the news and email and on TV 
talking about the ERC. That is going to still be a thing. It's going to be a thing until 2020, 2024. It's just the new hot, sexy thing in tax right now. Right. But remember, it's got a three-year shelf life because you can only go back up to three years to recover money or to amend your previous returns to get money back. So you've talked about amending returns, and I think that that's a good segue. Sometimes we get people who are, of course, behind in their taxes, and we're more than happy to help them. It is a, if once you file one, you can't just then wait a few years. (laughs) So say you're six years behind. Okay. You file. And if you're six years behind, by the way, you're not alone. No, you're not. 2017. You haven't filed taxes since 2017. So you go and file 2017. That's going to trigger, right? It's going to trigger with either the state agency or the federal agencies. State agencies and federal agencies, they like to work together to find people that haven't paid their taxes. Why? Because then they get to spread their resources. And so the IRS finds 100 people and then notifies the state of California, hey, these 100 people haven't filed taxes. The state of California says, that's awesome. Hey, I've got 50 people. Here's the 50. Right. So they share information in regards to that. Right. So you go and file something for 2017, and then it triggers something with, let's say, the state of California. Then the state of California then says, well, you haven't filed for 2018, 19, 20, 21, or 22. Well, we're going to go ahead and assume, based upon data that's been reported to us, that you owe us this in taxes. That number don't ever use that number. It is the worst number ever. They don't give you, they give you standard deductions. That's it. If they give you the standard deductions. That's a legal requirement, but they give you the standard right. deductions, right? There's no kids on there. There's no, none of that, right? But the income may not even be truthful. And the income may not even be truthful because sometimes that, in, like uh, if you have a sole proprietor business and you're doing pretty well, Whatever gets reported in 1099s on your income from your merchant processor mm-hmm. or anything else, right? That becomes the baseline. And the IRS and the state, they don't give you any deductions against that because you need to file for that. Right. So they say, okay, well, as far as we're concerned, you had 300000 in gross receipts. Uh, we have no knowledge of how much you spent, but we're going to tax you on that 300000 So work with a professional, come up with a plan. If you're, you know, a few years behind or even six or more years behind, you're not alone. Mm -mm. You deserve it just for your own sanity to get it resolved. Talk to a tax professional and talk to somebody that you feel communicates well with you and will help you to come up with a plan so that you feel a little bit more in control over your own situation. And that rolls us back to... This is one of the strategies. If you have a business, you can hire family. Or random seniors. (laughs) Hire family. In specific to this topic, hire family. More specific, hire the young ones in your household. Have them work in the family business. They're like, what what can my my seven-year-old do? Oh, my gosh. So many things. So many things. First and foremost, great way to teach them the alphabet is to have them do some filing. Now, you're going to have to sit over their shoulder and watch them for a little bit. But they start to learn the alphabet and they're filing. Next thing you know, you can have them start separating receipts. Mm-hmm. Hey, young kids are – this technology that's in front of them is all they know. So they know it. Yep. Take advantage of that. 
they know social media. They know social media ins and outs. They know how to work within the confines and the realm of Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and all the other ones that are out there. Take advantage of that. Have a business account set up under all of these platforms and have your kid manage it. Give them stuff to put out there. Give them the opportunity to become creative and explore topics and maybe write up their own blog posts for your business. You know, hey, I would approve everything that your kids try to put out there in regards to your business because it's still your business. Of course. But have them put together stuff. Show it to you. Have them become vested and learn how to investigate, learn how to research, learn how to write and prove a point. Well, and if you are in a field where it's challenging to have your customers understand what you do or what's unique about what you do, there's nothing better than explaining it to your kids and then having them explain it back to you. It is (laughs) mind-blowing. Sounding board, the sounding board process of using someone that's not at the same, I wouldn't necessarily say the same level of education or the same level. Do it by generation, right? If you're in the 50 to 60 category, why don't you explain your business to someone that's 20 to 30 and then have them repeat back to you what you told them your business was all about? And it's going to be an interesting conversation. But as regard to what the kids can do for you, they can do a lot, like filing, shredding, collecting receipts, putting receipts together, doing things in social media. They can fetch coffee. They can clean your office. They can clean your business vehicles. They can work out in the the, the shop's yard. They can do a wide variety of grunt or administrative or whatever. It's kind of like the sky's the limit. What are you willing to invest time-wise into teaching them how to do this? And for more ideas, you know, schedule a consultation with us. Yeah, reach out. Reach out. Writing up effective job descriptions for your children is an important part of hiring them. And that is one of the areas that the deduction could actually be taken away because you didn't have something like that. And then the IRS or the state agency says, yeah, this isn't a viable deduction. And they just take it away. They're like, what? No, hold on. They do all this stuff for me. And they're like, well, do you have it written up? No. So just like with anything we talk about, you know, there's a right way to do it and there's a wrong way to do it. And, you know, part of our job as professionals that you hire or any professionals out there, part of their job is to help you to understand why you're doing what you're doing and to make sure you're in compliance so that all of these hoops that you're jumping through, because they do feel like hoops when you're learning something new, it, it feels like an effort, but that it's worthwhile and that your hard work pays off. So once again, we're going to end with the fact of... No, 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 no. What? So let's recap. Okay. So quick recap. So hiring your kids, totally legitimate... With lots of benefits. With lots of benefits. Hiring kids over the age of 18, still benefits. Right. Hiring your parents, potential benefits, not as many as kids. Hiring older adults that aren't your parents, it's just hiring a senior citizen. Be on the lookout for a future episode in regards to hiring people for your business. There's a lot of tax benefits that can be had in hiring people, but also things in regards to current employees. So just a little teaser for a future Ooh, episode like coming like up. It. That's right. And if you'd like to be featured on our podcast, anonymously, of course, visit our website, busybeeadvisors.com. 
Or you can put your name up in the marquee. You could just be hey, our you, conversation you with Bob. It? Absolutely. And by all means, I mean, if you want to talk about stuff and not and, and not be anonymous, that doesn't matter to me. <laughs> Have a great day. Enjoy yourself and be safe. Thanks for listening to The Real Buzz, Taking the Sting Out of Taxes. If you like what you heard. Please subscribe. Please post a positive review. And share with a fellow business owner or friend. If you're serious about reducing your tax liability. Reach out to us at BusyBeeAdvisors.com. And follow us on Facebook. And LinkedIn at BusyBeeAdvisors. Thank you. So here's the fine print. The purpose of this episode is for entertainment purposes. You understand, of course, that everyone's tax situation is completely different and that one tax strategy or suggestion cannot be applied in all cases and that there very well may be variations. Thanks for listening.